Hello and welcome to American Road Trip Talk, where you meet the people behind the stories in American Road Magazine. My name is Foster Brown. Over the last few years, American Road Magazine has featured stories about the Hocking Hills area of southeast Ohio. This beautiful part of the state is quite different from the flat farmlands of the north and east of the Buckeye State. In the Hocking Hills, the land begins to roll gently as it heads southeast into the Appalachian Mountains and the Virginias. This is a two-part conversation about a time-honored tradition of moonshining. While the typical homemade and very illegal distillery is still plentiful in the area around New Straitsville, Ohio, our guest, Doug Nutter, runs the completely legal and highly taxed Straitsville Special Moonshine Company. Doug's Fountain of Hooch became legal just in time for the 2014 New Straitsville Moonshine Festival. In this, part one of our conversation, Doug Nutter shares the fascinating history of moonshining in the Appalachians, where it's a survival business, family heritage, and a big part of the culture. In part two, Doug will talk more about the festival, his family's recipe, and how the process works. This podcast is brought to you by the Illinois Heritage Corridor, who invite you to wrap up your summer with a roar at the Chicagoland Speedway in Joliet, Illinois, September 11th through the 13th. The chase for the NASCAR Sprint Cup starts here, with three days of rip-roaring, heart-pounding entertainment for the whole family. For more information, visit chicagolandspeedway.com. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Vandalia, Illinois, where for more than 40 years they have been celebrating their history and heritage with the Grand Levee on the grounds of the Vandalia State House, the oldest state capitol building in Illinois. This year, the event will be held on the first weekend of October, October 3rd and 4th. All events for the Grand Levee will take place on the State House lawn. Bring the entire family for a wonderful harvest festival at the Vandalia Grand Levee. For more information, visit VandaliaIllinois.com slash Grand Levee. Our travels in American Rogue Magazine have often taken us to a very special part of Ohio. It's the southeast corner where uh, the state begins to roll and pitch and the Appalachian Mountains begin to move. We begin to move into the Appalachian Mountains, an area called Hocking Hill. And with us right now, we have Doug Nutter, who is the owner of the Straitsville Special Moonshine Company. (laughs) Doug, welcome to the program. Uh, Thank you. Delighted to have you. We tell people a lot about uh, Ohio, especially that part of Ohio, great camping and things like that. But I just recently heard about this uh, moonshine festival that you have down there. I guess we all kind of maybe have in our heads this thing about moonshine being illegal, but this certainly seems like it was an upfront and legal and a whole lot of fun kind of thing that you did in May. Yes, it absolutely is. Uh, The governor changed the law in 2012 that allowed uh, uh, an individual to start up uh, uh, distilleries uh, on a, on a on a everyday basis. Mm-hmm. Would that be kind of like what in in uh, other areas of the country they have things called micro breweries where restaurants will brew their own beer? Would this be the kind of thing that uh, is going down there with moonshine as well? Yes, it's the same. It's the same exact concept. Only the difference is we're making liquor instead of instead of beer. Yeah, exactly. How long have you guys been doing this, Doug? Uh, we opened, we've opened up in May. Uh, it took us uh, a little over a year and four months to get all the license and everything to uh, be able to start and make our, our first bottle of shine. Now, would you explain what shine is as in relationship to other kinds of uh, hard liquor that are out there? Well, uh, moonshine is in, it's in the purest form. Uh, there's there's a couple ways of doing it. There's a couple recipes. Um, uh, we got we have straight corn liquor here. Um, 
and uh, some folks put rye in it. Uh, we're, uh, like I said, we're straight corn liquor. And the difference between us and, say, Jack Daniels mm-hmm. is we're with ours all the way through. Uh, when it, There's not a machine. There's no computers, you know, analyzing our, our product. We, we, when it's time to stir it, we're stirring it. It's truly, truly a, a craft wow. and, and a labor of love of the, of the way we're working the, the shine. I understand, Doug, as from some of the things that I've seen, that moonshining itself is um, like a part of the culture of Appalachia and of the mountains down there where you guys are. Uh, absolutely. Um, we, uh, I grew up as a kid here in New Straitsville, and we've had a festival here since uh, 1971. And we've celebrated our culture and our history uh, back when, uh, when my great grandfather was doing it. It was it was more of uh, a survival than than it, than it was to you know to, to, to brag about your a moonshine or one of it. And well, we started off with mines. Yeah. We had we had oil down oh, yeah. here. We had mines mines. We had a big mine fire. Everybody was out of work. When oh, prohibition boy. come along, we uh, our, our our my my family my. My uh, great-grandfathers went into making moonshine. So when you said it was survival, it was literally economically, that was the only way you folks were going to make it through because uh, other than hunting in the woods, that would be about it. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's, that's what it was down to. Uh, once, once, the, once the mine fires got started, and, that, of course, that was done by, you know, a, a group of four men, uh, pretty much put everybody out of work. I mean, the coal industry in this part of the Nicola Woods was, was really fragile at the time. Uh, the, the coal mines owned everything: the houses, the, the company stores, yeah, right. and and uh, but that was the only place to employ. That's the only thing we had. I mean, wow. we had lots of it. Yeah. Uh, once once it got on fire, they all lost their jobs. Uh, you know, the person's yeah. got to survive. And back in those days, there's no highways running the cities and stuff. You you you, you survive where you're at. Now you talked about mine fires, and it almost you were sounding like you're talking about these things being deliberately set. Yes, uh, there actually was. Uh, there, there's a guy in town named Evans. He uh, was orchestrating the first miners' union in the state of Ohio, mm-hmm. and it was called the Knights of Labor. And they kind of had like organized um, um, strikes, if you would, or you know, sure. uh, they would start a fire here, start a fire there. Uh, and then on a Sunday, four miners was drinking, probably shine. I mean, they were drinking. They did basically an, an unauthorized kind of uh, fire. And they lit a coal cart and they rolled it down into a mine shaft. And what it was was there's nobody in the mine shaft. Nobody worked on Sunday. I mean, this is, you know, you're talking back in the late 1800s. People went to church. You don't work. And there's nobody there to stop that coal cart. And that coal cart ended up lighting the coal vein. And it, up to this point, it's still burning. And it's 2014. This was done back in, in uh, 1880s, and it's still burning today. We still have uh, smoke coming up from, from vent holes from where the coal is still burning underneath the uh, the ground right here in our local area. That's astounding. Um, we, uh, that being said, uh, that kind of played into the, the moonshine because back in those days there was lots of smoke. I mean, we had the Guinness Book of World Records here. I mean, they, you know, they were doing actual tours. It became more of a, a tourist attraction, which oh a lot Lord. of folks kind of capitalized on that. Uh-huh. But, if, but eventually even that got old. And, but the smoke stayed. And when Prohibition started, you know, these same guys that knew these shafts and knew these hills very well knew which shafts were burning and which shafts weren't. So in order to make shine, back in those days, there's no natural gas or propane. They used firewood. Well, uh-huh. a liquor agent or, or revenuers, as they called them back in those days, the way they catch a shiner is by smoke. But you couldn't catch us uh-huh. here because we had lots of smoke from the burning <laughs> mines 
So at one point, we had around 175 to 200 stills running right here in this area. Wow. You oh. have that much shine moving <laughs> or being made. That yeah. catches the attention of, you know, the, the underworld, you know, a little bit of mafia involvement. Oh. Involved. They can move the shine. We can make it. They can move it. Oh, my so goodness. The difference was we can make lots of it in our, in our taste. I mean, you ever wonder why Jack Daniels is in Tennessee? It's because of their water. Well, here, here in the Hawking Hills in the Appalachian area, we have, we have some of the sweetest tasting uh, spring water yeah, in, yeah. in the country. So it gave our shine a completely different taste than, than uh, you know, and, and say, the, say North Carolina. That's interesting. So the, the water is a big factor in the taste. And then I would imagine the part of the process as well. Um, I know that in some cases they use uh, charred barrels uh, to age uh, some of the, um, the, the liquor. That wouldn't be the case with moonshining, as my understanding, right? No, no. If, if you're using charred barrels to, to put the when you put the whiskey in there, then you're making bourbon is basically what you're doing. I got you. So you're okay. giving it kind of a burnt oak taste. Yep, um, right, that's, right. That's that's predominantly in Kentucky. That they're they're they got some pretty good stuff coming out of there. You've been listening to part one of our conversation with Doug Nutter, who is the owner of the Straitsville Special Moonshine Company, and talking about a moonshine festival that was held in the spring of 2014 and will be held on a regular basis in southeast Ohio in the Hocking Hills area. Don't miss part two, when Doug will talk about the process of making moonshine and even about the family's special recipe. That's coming up in the second part of this interview. Don't miss it here on American Road Trip Talk. You've been listening to another edition of American Road Trip Talk, where we introduce you to the people and places behind the articles in American Road Magazine. Please subscribe to our regular podcast interviews through iTunes or your favorite podcast application. Visit us online at AmericanRoadMagazine.com for more information about the magazine, trip itinerary suggestions, fun contests, and a whole lot more. Until we meet again on the American Road, this is Foster Brown reminding you that the joy is in the journey.